everyone, it's Maria here. And on behalf of Simon and I, I'd just like to thank you for checking out our podcast. Before we get into things, I just want to let you know that this is only part of our online mini service. To check out the full service and find out more about Everyone Church, head to our website at everyonechurch.com.au. Hope you can check it out and see the full service. But for now, let's get into the podcast. A couple of weeks ago, we started sharing around the topic of following Jesus. And it's one of our core values here at Everyone Church. We follow him. Amen. And we started doing so through the truths found in the book of Colossians, which is a little four chapter book in the New Testament, but it's full of awesome, awesome stuff. And uh, we started off by focusing on uh, the person of Jesus and who he is according to his word. Not my version of him or current culture's version of him, but who Jesus is according to his word. And then last week, Uh, We focused on setting our sights on things above and how uh, my following of Jesus starts to practically take place in my thought life. And there is a battle for the steering wheel of your thought life. And I hope that you've checked out Colossians at some point over the last couple of weeks. If you haven't yet, it's not too late, but you will get way more out of the series if you check it out. And if you've missed one of uh, either part one or part two, you can check it out on our website, our YouTube channel, our podcast. Don't miss it. Join with us on this journey. Um, And so today, we're going to start, we're going to get right into it, right into Colossians chapter 3. Our core scripture today is a little bit long. Uh, So what we're going to do is we're going to talk about it a little bit, and then we're going to read it, and then we're going to talk about it some more. Um, But before we read, let's just remind ourselves what's happening in the the book of Colossians. So it's four chapters, and chapter 1 and 2 really is the Apostle Paul... who's the writer, is um, laying out some doctrine, some theory on who Jesus is, who we are in him, and really just laying the foundation for the Colossians. Like This is what it's all about. And then in chapter three and four, it starts to move more into the practical outworking of that. So Paul's laying out for us very plainly that your life is now in Christ. This is the, the, the big truth, and this is who Christ is. Your life is in Him. And, and all the knowledge and philosophies that this world can offer you is nothing compared to what we find in Christ. And he says, think about Him. Focus your sights on Him. And then we start from verse 5 in chapter 3. Let's read it together. It goes like this. So put to death the sinful earthly things lurking within you. Have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, and evil desires. Don't be greedy, for a greedy person is an idolater, worshipping the things of this world. Because of these sins, the anger of God is coming. You used to do these things when your life was still part of this world, but now is the time to get rid of anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander, and dirty language. Don't lie to each other, for you have stripped off your old sinful nature and all its wicked deeds. Put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. In this new life, it doesn't matter if you are a Jew or a Gentile, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbaric, uncivilized, slave or free. Christ is all that matters and he lives in all of us. Since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, 
you must clothe yourselves with tenderhearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. Whoa. So Paul has got the gloves off here. He is throwing down some heat and he is listing sins and warnings. And now look, we could be nitpicky and start listing uh, specific sins and start asking the question of, oh, is that you? Are you greedy? Are you? But uh, I encourage you to, uh, as with any parts of God's word, to read it, ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you if there is anything that you need to lay down and repent of, obviously. But broadly speaking, Paul lists 10 things that we take off and five things we should put on. And the 10 things we should take off are sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, greed, anger, malicious behavior or wicked behavior, slander, dirty language, and lying. And I'd split those 10 things into three categories. Uh, They are what you desire, uh, so like lust and greed and stuff like that, how you act, that could be pretty much all of those, and how you speak. Specifically, there's a, a reference, there's, there's references there to how we speak, our language. So our desires, our actions, and our language. And last week, we spoke a bit about the heart and how the heart is like an engine room. Uh, it's your spiritual and psychological engine room. And, and it's very, uh, uh, when the Bible mentions the heart, it's a very broad term. It says in Proverbs 27, verse 19, as a face is reflected in water, so the heart reflects the real person. So your heart holds who you really are and not your Instagram feed or your your social media presence. No, no, your heart shows who you really are. And God knows your heart. He knows every little secret in your heart. He knows things that you've never told anyone, things that you house deep inside that engine room of the heart. He knows it. And as we mentioned last week, when we become born again, when we become Christians, God, by the Holy Spirit, changes our heart renews our heart. And a lot of these issues that Paul is talking about center around the desires of the heart. Uh, When I'm greedy, uh, I place my desire for material things above all else. And Jesus mentions this in Matthew chapter 6, verse 21. He says, wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. And when I lust, I place my physical desires uh, above all else. And Jesus mentions this too in Matthew chapter 5, verse 28. He says, But I say, anyone who even looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery with her in his heart or in her heart. Uh, This goes both ways too. And there is a common trend here that all these sins put me first. Uh, what I want, what I feel like, what I want to say, my opinion, uh, uh, how I feel, um, what I desire. And and this, this me first uh, heart 
position really is at the core of our society and and the core of uh particularly when I think about postmodernism, it very much is the core. It's about me, the elevation of the self. And what Paul is encouraging the Colossians here, which is 2,000 years ago, and it still applies to us today, even probably even more so, is your life that you thought was all about you. No, no, no. Your life is now in Christ. Okay, catch this with me. Your life is in Christ. When we accepted Jesus and we chose to follow him and he transforms our heart, what you want should now become what he wants. Amen. And all these things that are associated with your past life, your past sinful nature, they uh, must be thrown off and set aside in the light of your new life with Christ. Now, I'm not talking about uh, throwing off of all your responsibility. Of course, you know, they're very much, we are very much still in the world, but not of the world. Amen. And the words he uses here are the words, put these things to death, put them to death. And which is a clear parallel to what happened to Jesus. And it says in Galatians 2.20, which is Paul writing again, my old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So there's this removing of the old and laying down your old desires, actions, and language, which are those three categories that we talked about, and taking up the new, taking up the new desires, actions and language and have you surrendered those three areas of your life to Christ what you desire what how you act and how you speak and it's not just a one and done thing I believe it's a continual surrender Lord I give you today my desires my actions and my language I give it to you today. It's a fresh daily surrender on our journey of following Jesus. And we do this because we want to. We do it because we want to and because Jesus has changed our heart. It's not out of a sense of religious obligation, okay? No, 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 no. It's a fruit of a transformed heart. I want to desire what he desires. I want to act the way he would want me to act. I want to speak what he would want me to speak. And then Paul lists the new stuff that we should put on. These new characteristics of mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. And he also adds forgiveness. But I I think forgiveness is really uh, um, uh, an action of those five things. You know, when you forgive, you are being merciful. Um, So five things here. And so we're seeing uh, here a radically different way to live life, a Christ-like lifestyle. That's what it's all about. That's what following Jesus is all about. That's what the journey of discipleship is all about, is having Christ in my lifestyle, a style of living that is filled with mercy kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Okay, I five for that. Now, filling the areas of my life, of my desire, my action, and my language. Those things filling me. Those things overcoming me. 
right? Mercy in my desires, actions, and language. Kindness in my desire, actions, and language. Humility in my desires, actions, and language. Gentleness in my desire, action, and language. Patience in my... I heard you. Okay, I think we've got it. (laughs) And this is what following Jesus is all about. Living with him, living in him, and living like him. Amen. With him, knowing that he is present with me as I trust him by faith. He is present in my life. That is amazing. That, that, that is an amazing gift of grace in itself that his presence would, with me, uh, would be with me. And living in him, uh, knowing that by the Holy Spirit, I have access to his empowerment and he changes my heart continually. He changes my desires. And living like him, reflecting the character of Christ on the earth. And I think it's important to note that Paul, uh, he's listing these things, but he's also talking about these attribute, uh, attributes or, or fruit. He's talking about them uh, in the context of not just the individual in the Colossian church, but the group of the Colossian church. He says things like this. Let's look at verse 13 to 15 of chapter 3. He says, make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourselves with an S there, yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace. Always be thankful. There's a lot of plural references there, a lot of us, a lot of community references there. And we can't follow Jesus and read his word and not notice that Christianity, following Jesus, is communal. And following Jesus is a collective journey of faith. We journey this together, this great pilgrimage. And and these attributes of mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, they aren't just for me. They aren't just for me to live a great life and to be able to puff my chest out and say, look at how Christ-like I am. Oh man, like, you know, this, they are in their very nature for the betterment of those around me. These attributes Uh, that Christ may be seen by my wife, by my kids, by my work colleagues, by my neighbors, by even my enemies, even people that I've been estranged from, that Christ, that, that those, the attributes of Christ, the character of Christ would be shown to them. Not just so I can look in the mirror and go, look at how much like Jesus I am. No, no, no. It's so that others would look at me and see Christ and the way he is. Amen. Christ in my desires, my actions, and my language. And that I may be a Christ contributor to my brothers and sisters in the Lord and also to the world around me. Are you a Christ contributor in your day-to-day life? 
The truth is, is all of us can probably look and see days where we have not contributed Christ at all. But this is the challenge. The book of Colossians, this is the challenge of following Jesus, is that you would embody the character of Christ and show it to others and present the gospel in our desires, our actions, and our language. And I know that actions speak louder than words, but listen, words are pretty loud as well, right? And and we say a lot about ourselves by the way in which we speak and what we speak about. Okay, so look, and look, we're all going to make mistakes in this, okay? We are all imperfect people. We are on a journey, but this is what's so great about the community of believers, the church, and this is what I want Uh, And Maria wants, and I'm sure you would want this too, to be the attributes of everyone, church. Look, we're all going to make mistakes, but would you like rather make mistakes in an environment filled with people who are full of mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, forgiveness, and love? I know I would. (laughs) It would definitely help me, encourage me to become more Christ-like if I wasn't so fearful of what everyone was going to judge me on, right? (laughs) So there is a progression here in Paul's encouragement to the Colossians. It's about Jesus and who he is. We talked about that. It's about throwing off my old nature and putting on my new nature and fixing my sights on him. Amen. And this is something I do in the company of others. We are better together. And we need each other, especially in times like this, where we are separated due to a global pandemic. Uh, It says in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 to 25, I'm sure you've heard this at some point throughout this pandemic, but it says this, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works, and let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do. But encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. You know, your presence, I'm thinking about people who right now are are joining us in our 9 a.m. live room. Your presence encourages people. It does. It does. It encourages me and it encourages those around you. Especially, I think about during these times of of lockdown, you can still be present. Like I loved last week, we had our first everyone Zoom and we had a bunch of families joining together, eating McDonald's, we're eating KFC, hanging out, uh, having a laugh. The kids were saying hello to each other. Spider-Man showed up. Um, that was Elliot, but we'll just keep that between us. Spider-Man was there showing us all this superhero toys. And you know what? It encouraged me to be around those people. Even though we were separate, we were still present with one another, thankfully to technology. And following Jesus is about who he is, fixing my sights on him, putting on my new nature, and living in the presence of others. Amen? And having Christ in my desires, in my actions, and my language. You know, when Maria and I uh, were dreaming and seeking God and, and writing down things about what kind of church we would really want to be a part of, when we were really dreaming up 
this whole idea of pioneering and, and church planning, um, we, we kept coming back to this thought of bringing Jesus to everyone everywhere. That, that is, we believe, the desire of the scripture. So we expanded on that and we kind of wrote out a bit of a, I guess you could call it a vision statement, mission statement, but it kind of helps keep us focused. And, and that is this, to bring Jesus in word and in action to the world within us and around us. And that basically is an expansion of you know, the thought of bringing Jesus to everyone everywhere. And that wasn't just some corporate you know, guru uh, thing uh, that we wrote down because this is what you do. You have a vision statement. No, no, I believe that that's the pattern in scripture is that I would bring Jesus in word and in action to the world within me. It starts with me and around me. It starts with those closest to me. It starts with my wife, my kids. It starts with my family. It starts with my neighbors and it expands to the world around us like a ripple effect. Christ in my desires, actions, and language. Amen. And to bring the uh, Jesus to everyone everywhere starts with me, starts in my heart. Let's continue reading in chapter 3 in verse 16 to 17. It says this, Let the message about Christ in all its richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. We are representing him. Amen. And I, I think any study of scripture, any, any series is always going to come back to the heart of God, which is others, reaching others with mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Having that be just flood my desires, actions, and language. So today, I want to ask you, where are you at with all of that? Where are you at in the areas of your desires, your actions, and your language? And don't allow, um, don't mistake the conviction of the Holy Spirit with like some big shame shadow. No, the Holy Spirit convicts us so that he, because he wants us to come to him and pour grace upon us and change us and make us more like him. You know, don't allow conviction to, to cause you to run. No, 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 no. Come to him. Come to him. Uh, is, is there something that you need to lay down today? Is there something that you need to put on today? Do you need to spend time with the Lord and, and ask him to do a fresh work of heart transformation? And is there someone around you that you need to be more Christ-like towards? You know, it says in Philippians chapter 2, verse 13, For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. You're not alone in this. He is giving you the desire. He is giving you the power by the Holy Spirit to do what pleases him. It says in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. 
I want to pray for you today. And I want to challenge you to, you might want to put something on your wall or in your phone, a reminder. Uh, This is what I've been doing and kind of combining last week and this week. And just saying to the Lord throughout the day and in the mornings and in the evenings, saying, fixing my thoughts on him and saying, Lord, I give you today my desires. I give you my actions and I give you my words today. You may want to do that. You may want to take a moment today sometimes and and give it to him, a fresh surrender to him. Can I pray for you? Lord, I pray for every person listening, watching, gathering online. And Lord, I thank you that you don't leave us to fend for ourselves and do this in our own strength. I thank you that you transform us from the inside out. And today, I pray for your church. I lift up every person in every one church and visitors who may be watching. Lord, we want to be like you. I thank you that you are full of mercy and kindness and gentleness. Lord, I thank you that you want to make us more like you. How amazing is that? And we lay down our past. We lay down our mistakes. We lay down times where we've fallen short and we give it to you. And we ask you to help us move forward. Help us be like you. Help us be filled with mercy and kindness and humility and gentleness and patience. Amen, amen, amen. And hey, if I was there in person, I'd love to put a hand on your shoulder and really take some time to pray for you. But maybe you're watching today and you have not surrendered your life to Christ. You haven't begun that journey of allowing him to change your heart. Well, please get in contact with us. We'd love to help you. We'd love to help you on that journey. You know, it's not just this tick box thing that I I accept Christ and then I forget about him for the rest of my life. No, no. It's a journey. It's an amazing journey of life transformation. And not only just life transformation for now, but also being filled with hope, knowing that I will enter heaven one day and be with God and be with my brothers and sisters and my family forever because of what he's done for us. So if you want to start that journey, get in contact with us. Let us know through our website. And hey, everyone, church, have an amazing week this week. And despite lockdown being extended and all that stuff, let's fix our sights on him and let's allow God to transform us in our desires, our actions, and our language. Amen.